The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I rolled into the radio station at about 10.30 this morning, and I was telling myself, because I was you know, paying attention to sports over the weekend, I was like, you know, this is probably going to be a slow day. <laughs> have to really dig for some topics, what to talk about. I didn't want to talk two segments of the Royals, but I was thinking I might have to. And then things got interesting. From Coach Tang issuing the cat signal. K-State women's basketball getting some really cool schedule news earlier today. And by the way, a quarterback K-State's going after has become the number one recruit in the state of Kansas. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Sage Williams, who's not only just running the board, she is training over there for a future board op for this show as well. But feel free to call us if you uh, want to join the show about a certain topic. 537-1350 is the number. Of course, listen to us online, newsradiokman.com. And don't forget to search for The Game KMAN on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. If you miss any of the show, catch up what's going on with KSET Athletics. And also maybe catch up about what happened over the weekend with our weather. <laughs> because, man, did it do some damage around town. Yeah. With those straight line winds. I didn't even mention it this morning, the baggie out at uh, Toynton Family Stadium. Well, it's still standing. Sections of it are no longer the baggie. Got torn through. The baggie. Center field hitter's eye. Oh. Oh, the, what Matt Walters calls the hefty bag. Yes. I'd heard like maybe parts of the uh, video board got damaged, but I didn't, I didn't see anything yeah, I when it comes to pictures or anything, or heard if that was confirmed or not. Yeah, had not had not gotten that one confirmed, but know that the that the baggie was damaged. But I, I guess it what was determined to be a F one North when when it came through Tuttle Creek State Park specifically, uh, it was F one at like that winds? time. Correct, and okay. then. And then just straight line winds once it got here to the Northview area. I'll tell you what, we were both in here for what we were ready for, and that was the potential of a tornado to maybe impact Manhattan. And when it was up there towards the uh, the uh, Marysville area, I was thinking, you know, what we typically know as a path of a tornado, there's no way it was going to come into our area, but maybe to the east it would. I was like... I might go chase this thing. I've never seen a tornado before, so that did cross my mind. And then I saw WWW and also here on the air was reporting that, uh, yeah, it might be heading in our area. Yeah. yeah. And so I asked if I need to come in and got the thumbs up. Yeah, you should probably come in. We could use all hands on deck at this point because we're in our full station cast. Every station we have is broadcasting the same thing, and it was the tornado coverage. And then we see that, uh, well, the path that that certain rotation in our sky is projected to go was directly at the radio station. I was like, oh, boy. This gets it. This got interesting. And then for the first time in my nine years and 11 months that I've worked here, we had to push the button where it is an automated message. 
basically saying take cover now. Basically the words we would share if we were on air. Right. But we had to take cover ourselves. Which, fun fact about our radio station, the 101.5 K-Rock studio is our storm shelter. It is completely surrounded by cement. So we should be okay in there. And also, like, the window portion is like six planes of glass or something like that. So there, uh, there's good chance we wouldn't be hurt in any way by that. Twice in my career, I've had to be in a situation where... It was the automation that kicked in because we were scrambling for shelter. The first was literally I was the only one on air up in Hiawatha, or as I affectionately call call it, the front lip of the cornfield because the station studio sit five miles outside of town. One of those where you look out the window and it's raining and you look out about 30 seconds later and there's no rain and you know that that thing's been on the path towards you. Which is essentially kind of how Corey felt the other night when he's outside and everything went still real quick. Yeah, you could hear the the like the train whistle sound yep. that is typical with this kind of storm. And but unfortunately, to those to the west of us, that's where the real damage was done. A lot of tree damage. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there were I, I count of five. That's the last report I saw. I count of five fraternities and sororities that have been condemned. Five homes in that area. Oh, five to, homes. To the uh, Cat House and the Cayo House. Okay. Were condemned. But they've been condemned because of the damage from trees. And also, I, I didn't have power until yesterday afternoon. Went about 16, 18 hours or so without power. But uh, a, a lot more happened than I was expecting. I mm-hmm. think maybe a lot of us were expecting. I wasn't expecting that at all. No, I didn't expect for that storm to get to that type of strength at all uh, when even that when it started. I mean, we really thought maybe it was going to die down once it uh, got past Blue Rapids, the last hint of it, and we got out of the simulcast the first time, the supercast the first time. Kind of collected our breaths, thought, okay, let's see what this thing may do, and it just gained intensity again. There were two trees, two pretty good-sized trees in my neighborhood that toppled over mm-hmm. and, and knocked out the power, of course. Go ahead. Just one of the things that struck me about looking at damage yesterday, how much of our rain that we've had recently played a role in some of that? Did Was the ground still so wet enough that, the, uh, that it softened things enough for the wind to be able to pull trees out? Because those are some old, big trees that we saw take some damage. Those are you know healthy That's trees that took damage in this. Did you have much out of your in your area? You you live on a completely different side of town. Yes, uh, out by Scenic Drive, and uh, there was a bit out there as well. In fact, there right now, if you are driving Anderson heading towards uh, heading towards Seth Child's Road, uh, Seth Child Road, you'll see uh, a one that almost looks like the bushes sitting there on the uh, on the side of the road right now. But no, it's just branches that are sitting there, and I almost feel like you're getting crowded by the uh, by the branches as you come driving by if you're in the far right lane. And I got to say, to finish up the, the weather talk here, I, I've i given Manhattan drivers a, a pretty hard time multiple times on air just about its driving in general. Slow, taking its time, maybe not knowing necessarily the rules <laughs> of the road. I got to say, I, I did a little rat lap around town afterwards after I left here just to see 
damage, you know, if, if there was some significant damage, maybe I could report back to the radio station and that could be covered. And I did, from where I drove, I didn't see too much of that. Just a lot of tree damage, of course. But there were also a lot of, uh, like, stoplights. A lot of them were either out or flashing mm-hmm. red. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was like, all right, we're, we're in for a mess here because... Nobody is, of course, manning these lights. No traffic cops out there. And so we're on our own. Everybody handled it pretty well. Pretty well. So kudos to those out there that figured out what to do, basically handle it as a four-way stop. Pretty pretty good job well done, I got to say. I, I was pretty impressed. All right, so let's get to the first topic today, and that is a new K-State basketball recruit? Question mark? It is because earlier this afternoon, where does this all start now? The cat signal. Either Taylor Bratt for K-State football, bring on the cats, or Coach Tang sharing the uh, the gif. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. Well, we got it's a great day to be a Wildcat earlier today. It was said at a Catbackers event that they'd feel pretty good where they're at if they could get 10 guys on the roster. With three open scholarships, that'd be the goal. Well, right now they currently sit at eight, but a ninth to hopefully be announced very soon. So the cat signal is out there, and we don't know who it's going to be yet. But assessing on just in general where they need to address a certain spots on the roster and positions on where that needs to go next, the guard position, of course. They could definitely fill some spots there. Taj Manning who is the recruit from the Bruce Weber era that has decided to stick with the Cats as a Ford. When it comes to the guards, you have Cam Carter. He's coming in. You have Dorian Finister. And that's it when it comes to the transfers. But, of course, you have Marquise Noel. So you need some guards. The bigs they have. And I'm sure they're not done there yet if they don't have to be. But the guard position is certainly in need. But not only just that, unless they just plan to go bigs on bigs all the time and also bigs on smalls all the time, they'll just fill up with a big roster. A lot of forwards in there with a handful of guards. But if they're going with the routine lineup, yes, they do need some guards. But also they need scoring. And I said it a couple of weeks ago, maybe even talked about it last week, where they do have a lot of guys with potential, but they don't really have anybody when it comes to who's coming in for this year They don't have anybody yet other than Naquan Tomlin, who has proven themselves as a scorer. And what K-State needs is guys that can score points. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Guys that have proven that they can get out there and game by game score you some points. So that's what's missing right now. So that brings up the next question. Well, who's that going to be? Who is the Wildcat, or the future Wildcat, I should say, that is next to be added? The answer? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. We could speculate and bring up some names, which I think we could we could do that at 510. I mean, there are some names that have come up, but we can't for sure. Like, we can't for sure say it is 100% these guys. I believe, and, you know, talking with... You know, guys from KSO and elsewhere about you know who it could be. I mean, the last they've even heard of a visit 
is David Gasson, and he's been a cat for over a week, a week and a half, two weeks now. Things have gotten a bit insular until yeah, seeing the cat signal go up today. Yeah, it's been quiet. It's been quiet. And as a matter of fact, it was surprising to see it happen today. So it could be it could be multiple things. It could be somebody they did have come visit and just didn't put it out there, and they're going to become a cat. Maybe it's somebody that just jumped into the portal and had in mind about coming to K-State. It could be multiple scenarios that we just really don't have an answer to. Now we can get to some names later on in the show. I did want to bring up before we take our first break, and I want to send a congratulations to Shane Southwell. Mm-hmm. Because we learned actually not too long ago, Shane Southwell has found his next job. Going back to when Wyatt Thompson and I interviewed Coach Jerome Tang on Wildcat Insider, I was pretty nervous for that interview. And I did want to ask some tough questions, though. And one of them was about Shane Southwell. And I asked him, you know, I I went into a lot of preamble, but simply asked, was he ever considered for an assistant coach's job? And he said one word, and that was no. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, my God, I am the first member of the media to make Coach Tang mad. (laughs) I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life and find a way to dig myself out of this hole. And then another question I ask is about Nigel Pack, because it wasn't long before that, that Nigel Pack, we learned he was transferring and I brought it up and he gave me a two word response to my question of surprised to know that Nigel Pack has decided to transfer. No, sir. I was like, I did it again. I buried myself even further. Coach Tang hates me. He wants nothing to do with me. What if he finds out I'm the public address announcer? Will I lose my job? Uh-huh. Of course, Coach Tang wouldn't. I would never do something like that. And I'm sure he didn't have any, you know, any bad things to say about me after that interview. I'm sure we're cool. But the question was out there: Where's Shane Southwell going to land? He's going to land on his feet, and he did. He's going to be an assistant coach at Northern Illinois. That is a program that needs some work. And Coach Shane Southwell has already proven that he's ready to get into the uh, coaching world. He's ready to get out there and do some recruiting. He wants to get his hands dirty. He wants to dig for those great players that will work for a program. And Rashawn Burno's team out there in Northern Illinois, they haven't had a winning year in quite some time. They only won nine games last year. So it needs a lot of work. Shane Southwell is going to get a lot of great coaching experience out of this opportunity. So – Coach Shane Southwell, we're proud of you. Congratulations on your new gig. When we come back, speaking of uh, pretty cool news, K-State women's basketball has a chance this next season to, uh, I suppose you could put it this way, and that's make history, but also in a way be a trailblazer. That's coming up next here on The Game. I don't like this bed. What is it? It's the gorillas. Of course it is. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> you fuddy-duddy man. You can delete it if you want. Well, it's Stevens. You got to talk to him about it. Yeah, you won't miss it. Yeah, I don't like it. Get off my lawn with this gorillas. <laughs> the game continues. If you want some Royals talk, hang tight because 
Even Brad Keller stinks now. Good Lord. That'll be coming up in the next segment. <sighs> K-State women's basketball. This news coming out earlier today, thanks to CBS Sports. I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm liking CBS Sports more than ESPN. Their stories are better. Their content's better. It's like the design of their website. But rarely do you see K-State women's basketball come up on the website, either them or ESPN. But I think we can all recall, if you're on Twitter, you're on social media, you might recall there was a discussion and even a rumor that K-State men's basketball might play a game against Wisconsin at where the Milwaukee Brewers play baseball. And that is held at American Family Field. So the rumor is kind of true, except it won't be K-State men's basketball. It'll be K-State women's basketball. I don't know where it fell through with the men in Wisconsin. I mean, it could have been a money thing. I have no idea. Just throwing that out there, but I'm not sure. But K-State women's basketball will play in Milwaukee at the home of the Brewers on Friday, November 11th. I'm confirming it because... I shared the tweet or retweeted the tweet about the story, and then Coach Brian Osterman from KC Women's Basketball liked it. So I'm counting that as a confirmation, <laughs> Coach O. Inside information via a heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would assume if it was incorrect, I maybe would have got a text or maybe a DM or something. Or maybe you'd retweet it and be like, nah, Mr. Fortner, that's. It's not correct. Check your facts. Nope. Nope. I got a like out of it. So I'm counting that as a confirmation. Now, this will actually be a doubleheader for Wisconsin basketball because instead of playing K-State on the men's side, they'll, they have ended up playing Stanford. Ooh. So, I mean, it would have been better if it was K-State. Yeah, that's not a very flashy men's matchup at all. No. Nah, no, nah, not really. I mean... It's more interesting with K-State because, of course, the Cats have ran into Wisconsin a couple of times in the NCAA tournament, and Wisconsin, a couple of those times, ended K-State's season. Ended the careers of Michael Beasley, Mm -hmm. Jacob Pullen. I'd like to get a little redemption out of that, maybe. Sure. But it'd also be awesome to play a basketball game in a... Major League Baseball Stadium. I mean, who wouldn't think that's cool? Just a different approach, absolutely. I mean, but there is a kicker to that. The kicker is there hasn't been a basketball game played in a Major League Baseball Stadium in seven years. This is not a yearly thing. It was a little bit more common maybe in the 90s. You know, the Seattle Mariners used to host some basketball games up in Minneapolis. Uh, The Astrodome used to have some basketball games. Kind of one-off type of things. But it's not so common anymore. As a matter of fact, the last time there was a basketball game played at a Major League Baseball stadium, 2015, was at, was at Petco Park, the home of the Padres in San Diego, and it featured San Diego and San Diego State. Not interesting for anybody outside of San Diego. Right. But I saw a picture of the of how they set it all up. So basically, the, the, the floor stretched from the first baseline to basically the edge of left field. They put some stands 
between first and second. They put some seats there in, in shallow left field. And then the rest of the seats were, of course, around home plate. And it drew a crowd. It looked like it was decent. And I would imagine at the home of the Brewers, that's something they'll do. Something in that kind of design, setup. But K-State women's basketball. I, I did a ton of research on this. I couldn't find an example of a women's basketball team playing in a Major League Baseball stadium. So who knows? Maybe somebody did better research than I, and we'll be able to determine that coming up in November this year, K-State women's basketball will be the first ever women's basketball team to play in a Major League Baseball stadium. That is something that never happens. Because regionals, the Final Four, those are played in arenas. Meanwhile, the men are playing those tournaments in those big moments. They're playing them in NFL stadiums. The only time that I could think that you might have would be if someone played at the Metrodome back in the days that that existed. But even then, women's games, I don't think, would have been put there. No. Just a thought, though. I couldn't find anything. And I spent a lot of time on it. I'm sure. Now, K-State women's basketball, we obviously know they're they're going to be projected to have a pretty solid season this year. Aoka Lee is back. All the freshmen are now going to be sophomore. Decent recruiting class. Yeah, shouldn't be too bad. They're also putting together a pretty solid schedule so far because at home they're going to play Iowa. Sorry about that, folks. I meant to turn that off. Being hailed. As a matter of fact, I did turn it off. Now it's off. Don't forget the milk. Yeah, the group chat. No, it's the group chat. Needs (laughs) needs to turn it down a little bit. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. The schedule K-State's putting together. They already have Iowa coming to town Mm -hmm. on November 17th. And Caitlin Clark, who is like one of the best players in women's basketball, will be featured in that, of course, against Aoka Lee. So with the best guards... Against, I mean, we're talking probably the best guard in basketball against the best five in basketball. Already a marquee matchup, and now K-State women's basketball gets to do something probably no other women's basketball team has ever been able to do and play in a Major League Baseball ballpark. That is awesome. This is a really cool schedule K-State women's basketball is putting together. And by the way, there is only six days that separate those two games. So it's a very, very interesting and and nonetheless important mm-hmm. start to their season because it'd be huge to beat Iowa. But also, I mean, Wisconsin was not that good last year. It's not only cool to play in that game. Imagine how cool it would be to win that game. Right. Pretty cool opportunity for women's basketball in the future as well as K-State gets, the, gets to be the first to do this. Maybe it means more opportunities for women's basketball teams out there to do the same thing. Trailblazing and making history. Grow the game. I like that it starts with K-State. Grow the game. All right. Let's take another timeout. When we come back, um, yikes. Yeah. Um, The Royals, Brad Keller wasn't so stellar yesterday. And some rumors flying around about Old Pasquatino up there in AAA. That's up next.
taking in the bed music. Trying to get myself pumped up to talk Royals. Yeah. Because it's pretty much just all anger, even though they did split the series with the Baltimore Orioles. They're now 20 and 39, and they've still only won three series this season, two of them back in April. I think my biggest surprise from this weekend was Brad Keller. Because to me, he's been the only consistent arm for the Royals this season. Am I wrong? Unfortunately, you're wrong. I am? There's been more than one consistent arm? Well, okay, consistent arm, yes, but it's not consistent the way you want to believe it is. Well, the way I believe it about Brad Keller is that the least... the. the the unthinkable, unthinkable to me about Brad Keller is going an inning in two-thirds and giving up five runs on seven hits, all earned. Agreed. And three of them home runs. Like, I wouldn't expect that against the Baltimore Orioles. I will give you that. The one flaw with that, however, is that dating back to May 3rd, ERA at that point of 1.74, each of the outings has varied from three to as many as six earned runs allowed. So he's been getting worse. So his ERA has ballooned three full points to 4.74 over those last seven appearances. Well, if we've learned anything about Kel Eldred, nobody's safe. Valid. Uh, five earned runs against Texas. See, it, let, let's go back to 5-3. Because that at that point, that was the high watermark. He went to 1-2 and two on the year with the victory over St. Louis. 1.74 earned run average. Shut them out over his stint. Five earned against Texas on May Excuse 10th. Me. Three earned against the White Sox on the 16th. Four earned against the Twins on the 21st. Six earns earned against the Twins in Minneapolis on the 27th. Four earned against Cleveland on the first of this month. Three earned against Toronto on the seventh. And then yesterday's debacle. Five earned over an inning and two-thirds. Is Brad Keller's 474 ERA the best in the rotation? Oh. Now you got me with needing to dig. Because, of course, taking away... Jonathan Heasley, who's been really good in his last three starts, all quality outings, which, by the way, a quality outing is pretty rare with mm-hmm. this rotation. And Jonathan Heasley has done it his last three times, this 25-year-old who would be the second youngest <laughs> in the rotation to Chris Bubik. Yes, Heasley's ERA is the only one that is lower currently. Is that the other arm you were talking about uh, that would be consistent? Yes, because he gets through that first time through the lineup and he's pretty solid, but then it fades from there. Uh, 3.62 earned run average for Heasley. 4.74 for Keller. 5 ERA for Grenke. 5.50 for Daniel Lynch. 9.10 for Carlos Hernandez. 9.13 for Chris Bubich. Out of your starting rotation. Oh, hey, for good measure, uh, Brady Singer, 4.33. Good God, we stink. (laughs) 
Yeah, Cal Eldred still has a job, um, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, and yet Cal Eldred, Tony Larusa may get fired before Cal Eldred does. Of course, in Tony's case, it won't matter. He'll just pop another couple beers before he leaves the ballpark and oh wait, uh, Sam McDowell sent this out earlier today on Twitter, and it's a beautiful summation, painful summation. Worst first-inning pitching team in Major League Baseball in the last 16 years. Teams are slugging 576 against them in the first inning. Only seven individual hitters in Major League Baseball have a better slugging percentage as their individual stat. That's awful. Go ahead. Keep keep talking about how bad the Royals are. Do you have any more for us? Uh, th- this one tells you that it's not going to get any better anytime soon until they make changes in the organization. No, and there are numbers out there that show that I can't remember who put it out there, but it basically painted the picture of there have been, you know, there have been multiple guys that have been sent down, mm-hmm. go through AAA for a stint, mm-hmm. and then come back up and they're improved. Yeah. But as they continue on through their you know, second time up with the Royals this season, they it get worse. keeps getting worse. Then let's throw this in for good measure. Sam Dykstra with uh, the minor league, uh, minor league reporter put together the numbers for all of the minor league teams by franchise. Out of the 30 franchises, the Royals minor league teams have the 29th worst record at 103 and 142. Now, I mentioned before the break, there's an error, uh, a rumor, rather, an error, a rumor. Maybe it is an error. He's not with the uh, uh, yeah. with the big league team. And, and Cal Eldred still has a job. That's the error. But uh, Vinny Pasquantino, still with AAA, and he just hit his 17th home run of the year. I think it was yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently, I was just reading about it, that he was pulled from the game early. There were rumors flying around for a brief time that he might – Get the call up. That was speculation, speculation. Out, of, out of, I believe, uh, one of the reporters on site co- that covers Omaha on a regular basis. Well, I mean, it, spur- it, you know, it caught oh, yeah. my attention. Oh, yeah. Because people have been begging for it. Royals fans want to see it happen. And I know you said it before, there'd be issues with his contract. That's why he's not been called up yet. Isn't that right? It would be in the future. When it comes time for free agency, he would fall into that same time window then as Bobby Witt Jr. You run the risk of putting Kansas City back into the position they were in with uh, Hosmer, Moustakas, Gordon, and uh, Lorenzo Cain all coming up for free agent contracts at the same time. Yeah, he's not going to be called up. Not it's it's not going to happen. Not anytime soon. Because if anything we are finding out, the more that the fans cry for it, the more that the people on the outside cry for it, the more social media cries for it, the more stubborn Dayton Moore becomes. Well, he's not going to become the first general manager to all of a sudden just start listening to what the fans say and just do what they want. Go ahead and say what you want to say. The first? I mean, honestly. You, well, that was you, a joke. I know. 
I get it. The problem is, is that he just keeps digging himself in deeper and deeper and deeper, just entrenching himself in farther and farther and farther by just being outright stubborn. Because he doesn't want to admit that there may be people outside of the walls of Confident Stadium that actually recognize differently than what he does and what the scouts may in the building are saying. He doesn't want to admit that there may be someone outside of Kauffman Stadium who actually knows more than Dayton Moore about the damn game of baseball. How many, how many uh, of these wins are they going to get against San Francisco these next three days? That's going to be a big fat zero because San Francisco just swept the Dodgers for crying out loud. Who do they have after that? The A's? Are they coming up? The, the Angels first the and Angels. then it's the A's. Gotcha. So, okay, you know, there there's two teams on the back end of this trip that they can do well against, but I don't hold much hope for these three in San Francisco after what the Giants did over the weekend. The uh, Royals did apparently... Uh, fly out all dressed in NBA jerseys. I'm impressed they actually did wear NBA jerseys instead of going to the default University of Kansas ones. Well, they uh, don't they do a themed, like they dress up or do something fun for every big road trip like that? Pretty much, yeah. But that's why I'm saying it, at least uh, they went, actually, as you go through and look at the uniforms, they are NBA uniforms. Now the old- they're, 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 not, they're not the fake pros from down the road. Now the the old guys on the team though they get to pick out what the young guys wear. Like I know Whit Merrifield was sharing online what some of the young guys would be wearing. There are two refs jerseys included in the mix. Uh there was a Vancouver Grizzlies uniform, so there's old school. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. What was Salvi wearing? Did uh, you see? You know, now I got to find it back up cuz he's the fun guy on the in the bunch. Yep. I, so, so I would think he would either go something trendy or something completely outside the box. There was a uh, there was a old school uh, jazz jersey thrown in. Oh, here, there we go. Let's see here. Where is Salvador? Does he own this? Is this the first jersey he's ever owned? Could very when it comes well to be. basketball. Looks like it's the Lakers black and gold. Yeah. Kobe? No. Shaq. Oh. Yeah, that's all right. Old school Sonics jersey thrown in. You've got uh, old school Mavericks jersey thrown in, as in the cowboy hat on the basketball oh, with the M. Great, great, great logo. The, I actually. The, uh, yeah, the Rolando Blackman logo, right. let's call it. Uh, Our good friend Jamie Spikes actually gave me a Mavericks shirt the other day. It was one that was thrown out of the game, but it's a pretty sweet shirt. I think I still have it on the office. We need to take a break. I believe. I just want to point out, by the way, I believe that that is Barlow that is wearing yes. the Tropics. Yeah, Jackie Moon. <laughs> now that's the way to go. That's that. You can, yes, you can use that. All right. When we come back, I heard that he has been reworking this whole thing. We'll see if it's done or not, but. Sam Honeybuns is supposed to have a movie review for us for the new Jurassic World movie. I'm sure he didn't like it. Hopefully it's finished. We'll find out next. All right, so here's the deal. We are expecting to have a movie review from Sam Honeybuns, but it is late. 
I, I know for a fact he is in the studio working on it Feverish right now, and it's usually over two minutes. It's roughly two minutes, maybe two and a half, but he puts a lot of solid work in there. I think we've ran out of time. Sam Honeybuns. Tick, tick, tick. No, there's, there's no time. It's not going to happen. Now, we might have to wait for the top of the hour to there get it played. I'm going to tell yeah, you right this now, hour. It, it stinks. The movie? He's going to tell us it stinks, just like all the other Jurassic World movies. <laughs> stinks. <laughs> and they just happen to rope into this one. Dr. Grant, Dr. Malcolm, it makes me sad. The, the uh, retconning that went into this one sounds just completely off the wall. Dumb. Sam is going to give it one and a half apartment.com ads <laughs> out of five. That's my prediction. I have no interest in seeing this, to be quite honest with you. And I, I mean, is he off base, Sam? Is he off base? That, he can't oh, hear he us. He can't hear it. Okay. He's just outside the studio. But it, it appears that he's got it done. There was a thumbs up, yes. Okay, so here's what we'll do. I'll give Sam Honeybuns the benefit of the doubt. I know he was really looking forward to this one. Either surprising us with a okay review or going to give us what we all kind of want and, and expecting, and that is a big thumbs down of a review of Jurassic World Dominion. So we'll play that at the top of the hour, but also coming up in the top of the hour segment, who could be that next cat for Jerome Tang and K-State men's basketball? Number one song of the day, Ask Us Anything, is all coming up, also including K-State football going after the number one recruit in Kansas who happened to be in town this past weekend. But here in like 16 seconds, your top of the hour news. Don't go anywhere.